0: Oh, gang, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Height Drop. Here we go. The Drop, the Heavy Drop from Trippy Red. This is Diplo featuring Trippy Red. Song called Wish, which a friend of mine, Jace Eiley, who you guys know from the podcast, turned me on to. And uh, just like it, all right? I just like it. It's got that duality. It's got that kind of like, it represents that part of your mind that's kind of, uh, Trippy Red's like, ah. Uh. Here he goes, here he goes. Okay. Oh. Yeah, you got to keep on wishing. You got to keep on wishing. I like that lyric. And also, I like it next to the fucking, the anti-lyric of it. The same thing. It's like, he's like, I don't know how to wish anymore. He sounds like, eh. Because there's a little bit of that in us, all of us. There's a little bit of us that just goes, I don't want to. I don't want to do it anymore. Ah! But... You just got to talk to that person. You got to talk to that part of you, and and remember that you got to keep on wishing, and uh, you don't blow yourself like Kurt Cobain. All right, that's not the that's not the solution for you guys. So we are here on a Tuesday morning, and uh, we're enjoying Trippy Red and Wish. Trippy looks like a freaking—he looks sick. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Trippy Red, but if you haven't, he kind of has like a. He just looks like he's maybe smoked one too many joints or something. I don't know. He just looks like green almost. He just looks like sickly. Great, musish, great musician, but sickly. Um, we got a lot on the docket today, but I also want to keep things relatively short. No guest. So we can just plow right through the topics today. We can just get right on to it. Uh, this episode, first of all, is brought to you by Binance. This episode of High Drop is going to be sponsored by Binance, and I want you guys to check out the link in the description if you can. Binance is a basically a cryptocurrency exchange, and if there's one cryptocurrency exchange that you need, it's probably this one. Um, I'm trying to stay one step ahead of you guys in the crypto world so I can help you guys navigate that as well, but uh, if you guys know more than I do and you want to add your feedback, you can always let me know and get at me. I want to get more involvement, always between the, the listeners here and, and myself. So if you guys have a idea or you know something that I don't about crypto or about anything else and you want to talk about it or if you just want to share that you listen, please call the hotline at 720-295-7537. But yeah, Binance is this cryptocurrency exchange and I want you guys to check it out and use the link that's in our description to sign up and that'll help us get a little bump and you guys get to explore this new cryptocurrency exchange and maybe start investing in your future um you never know I, again i'm i'm not trying to to sell you guys on it necessarily but i think basically what what blockchain has done and what some of this cryptocurrency has given us access to is that ability to invest even if you're not financially you know it brings that wall street ability to the masses it brings us our ability to start taking our own stocks and it it's a whole new territory so it's a little volatile it's a little bit uh it's all speculative it's all a little bit scary right now um if you want to go more traditional with your investments maybe you go to more standardized things also there's going to be a link to another app again sponsoring this episode called robin hood i think robin hood Let's check it out. Let me look at my phone real quick. All I have to do is look at it. Holla, the X. Um, Robinhood, yeah. So there'll be a link for Robinhood and there will be a link for Binance in the description. And if, if you guys are, again, even if it's on the smallest scale and there's also a limp link for, I'm just trying to get you guys all invested in yourselves, you know? this is a, This is why I can, something I can believe in is if you want to invest in your own future, which is something I think a lot of us parkour people maybe don't think about and all like certainly it was something I neglected for a number of years while I was just training and focusing on that. Um, I think it'll be helpful for you guys. And I know it's boring sounding and it doesn't necessarily make you wanna it doesn't give you the the wet it doesn't give you make your mouth water, it doesn't blow your hair back, but it is it's going to help you live a better life i think the more i've started thinking about investing in my own future and stuff the better my quality of life has gotten and i want to give you guys the same opportunity so check out the binance check out the robin hood app and in, even on a simpler than both those apps there's also a link to acorns in there which is another small investment app I'll, this is going to be a theme for us and i'm going to start putting out more links and uh, I'm going to start just dropping more opportunities for you guys. All my sponsors right now are just opportunities for you guys to take advantage of. It's not anything that you have to really buy. It's just if do you want to start investing, do you you can get the Acorns app. It'll round up all your credit card purchases, or you can do other things. And it, it kind of invests it for you. So that one's like really simple, then I think Robinhood is maybe kind of like the next step. Robinhood is like a new app that they have crypto, and they also have traditional stock. Um Investment opportunities there, and I'm probably gonna sound stupid on it I'm talking about all this stuff to people that actually are are in the know already or do already invest. Uh, so again, if you guys are smarter than me on this kind of thing, by all means help educate me. I'm just trying to pass along the what little knowledge I've gained and what little wisdom I've gained about thinking about these types of uh, things to you guys. So check it out and uh, you won't regret it, I don't think because if you do if you if you're smart with it, You'll have more money to play with anyways more more fun and uh there's nothing there's nothing to worry about. you know you should always be saving for your future. They say ten percent if you could just throw away t- put, always put ten percent away for yourself, that's a good place to start. That's like a general rule that a lot of people abide by all right, so that's my little tip of wisdom for the day and my sponsors we are We're actually not rocketing off on this high draw podcast today but it's all good. I'm actually doing it on a Tuesday. This is a new thing. We like to do things new at High Drop. We always like to up the ante a little bit. And today I'm gonna. I've decided we're gonna record on a Tuesday, release on a Tuesday. So it's the most current shit that you can think of. Got my coffee here. Another sponsor. Boom. We got MC2 oil in the coffee from it. Boom. Check that shit out. All right, we're done with the sponsors. Let's get into my. The topics for today. First, I wanted to talk about Kai Willis, my man. This guy, this man, I should say, this full grown human man dime, this Adonis of a man. Kai Willis, who you guys should know as a a uh, co owner of Storm Freerun and basically kind of the front man and, and back man. He's kind of like the, he's one of the men. <laughs> He's one of the most important figures in that brand, if not the most, and he does a lot of the directing, filming, and action, you know, in front and a behind camera for all things Storm Free Run. He just put out a video on their channel, which I'll link, uh, with a 100 stick challenge. So it's him doing 100 jumps in, in a day, single day, 100 jumps, and sticking them all. And... At first, that kind of sounds like, oh, yeah, I could do that, Uh, whatever, 100 jumps, especially if you're just thinking about doing any 100 jumps, but Kai did not scrimp on any, in any like category of the challenge, really, like it was actually super epic, he doesn't even like really go into it or he doesn't, he, he actually visits like all these, if you've ever been to Brighton where he lives, if you've ever been there there's lots of kind of like iconic spots throughout the whole seaside area and like within Brighton. And I don't know. It was like really cool because I visited now a few times and I got a pretty good scale for, for all the challenges that were done. And he, he he first of all, he went in on some super hard challenges. Like to be able to push yourself th- continuously throughout the day and he kind of goes into it. I'll let you guys just watch the video. But I highly recommend it. It's super inspiring, especially to someone like me uh Kai and I are the same age which means we both turned 30 this year if i'm not mistaken and that's a beast that's a beast you know at this age to to continue to push yourself that in that way and it's kind of like a different direction to push yourself a little more endurance of a ch- challenge you know Kai's Kai's technique is already impeccable if you have ever trained with him he's like just one of the most uh on point just technicians with his footwork and just everything he does. He does really well. Obviously he's been training for a number of years. He's been at the top level of the game for a number of years. So that's not surprising. Um, And he recently bruised his feet. So, you know, you kind of have to be a little more creative sometimes as you get older in this game. You have to be a little bit more creative to challenge yourself in a way that's not going to be destructive to your body. I think there's a number of practitioners that you see, and we talked a little bit about this in the last week's episode. If you guys didn't get a chance to listen, Tryhard Collective, much love to those guys. They're already some of them out in Europe right now training. But we were talking about how parkour is a little bit harder on the body than than some of us have ever thought about or even used to care to admit. And uh, it's super it's super beast to see that Kai's so well conditioned that at this age he's able to push himself into this endurance challenge and and still have. You know, he had to warm up and stretch out and cool down and, and walking. Just part of the challenge was getting to all these famous spots all across Brighton and doing hard challenges at height. Lots of challenges were at height where it's not just mental. It's taxing on the adrenal system because you're doing scary stuff, even though you're probably not scared of it if you've done it many times before. Um, but these are iconic jumps, and you, kinda, you really have to measure yourself. You can't be – you have to kind of start sticking things – early, I think he had like maybe 40 or, or something attempts where he didn't stick. And lots of his attempts and jumps were stuck first try, which again, if you're going to do a challenge like this is, is really imperative because your legs are going to give out regardless at some point. So You can't spend like 10, 20 tries on single jumps and single challenges. Um, and some of them, like especially the roof gap stick beyond the gutter. I don't know if you guys saw that I've been to that spot. That's a, that's a beast of a, a thing. to. I don't, and it looks like he did that first try, which was insane. Uh, you know, I wonder how he feels. I wonder if he'll follow up on that. But much love to Kai for pushing it, especially as he, we're getting older. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to say that, you know, you're still in your athletic prime, I, uh, I think, up until 32 or something is, is acceptable or is studied as being part of your peak era for men. But but it's not as easy. That's all I'm saying. It's just not as easy to recover and to find challenges that inspire you. And that's a really inspiring challenge to me. So much love to Kai. I'm thinking about maybe trying something similar. I'd like to make it my own in one way or another. Um, But I do like the idea of kind of visiting lots of famous or known spots and just really, I mean, what I saw it as is he basically did a whole decade's worth of training in a single day. Like he did, he showcased the whole of his, it, his ability to stick all types of vaults and jumps and stride challenges in, in a day. And a lot of them were technical. There was a lot of variance. I mean, if someone, if someone's goal was to just do all the challenges that were in that video within like six years of training, they'd struggle, you know, potentially, especially like going back. Um, a few years when when it wasn't these all these things weren't quite as accessible and they'd especially especially struggle to do it in the in the the clean like the, with the clean technique that Kai demonstrates. So I'm done jerking that sexy man off and uh, but I definitely think you should guys all all of you should listen or all of you listeners should definitely go check that video out if you want to be a little bit inspired, especially if you're a little bit on the you know older. High high twenties, if you're in the mid to high twenties or early thirties or beyond, that kind of uh, that kind of video is is a could be an inspiring inspiring one. Just to know, I'm telling you that Kai is at least of 29 years. So much love to that man. I can't wait to to try something a little bit different for you guys too. Soon here, I got some ideas brewing, um, but I'm still kind of working myself. You know, one of the reasons why this has been a theme for me is because I am still correcting a lot of the damage I feel like that I did to myself while I was training without, with a little less regard for, for my longevity. Um, basically when I was growing and becoming a better practitioner, my technique was getting better, but I was always just a little bit too keen to push myself beyond what I could recover from. And so you know, and I would I would push through injuries, and I was just kind of dumb. Like, I, if I had – it's not that I didn't have the discipline to to stop training, because if I had known it – it's really just ignorance. I didn't really know what I was doing to myself. I kind of figured because my body was feeling okay that I could just keep pushing, and I would just find my spots, and I would, I would always work around it. And to an extent, you do have to do that because you're never going to be 100% injury-free, and if you don't move, if you – you know, it's just as big as – it's just as big of a risk, they say, or some people would argue. When I would tend to agree, to, to you know, to not move as it is to move. Like I think I was talking to with my, uh, my chiropractor, a, a, a lovely man by the name of Kenneth Cow, who was a parkour practitioner for about eight to ten years, and we were talking about this, and it's like you you move or you don't move at your own risk. Both are a risk. You know, if you don't move, you're just as likely to deteriorate as if you push it too far so you got to be you got to be careful striking that balance but um you know I wasn't I wasn't as intelligent and I was just too hooked on on pushing myself you know it was hard for me to understand that I was going to be needing to take time off in the long term because of what I was doing so you got to work on that slow progression and uh and sometimes you got to push it but right now I'm I'm still making I'm like I'm just trying to tune tune the bike up, tune the the boc- the body up a little bit more. I'm like rebuilding, yeah. You know, like I'm in the garage, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm a little bit in the garage, and I'm like I'm hung up, I'm suspended from from beams and cables, and I'm underneath myself, and I'm wrenching on my body. I'm just I'm wrenching away. I'm getting things all tuned up. I'm getting things aligned, and I'm understanding my body a little bit more. I'm kind of taking myself apart, putting myself back together so that you know, my training from here moving forward in whatever I'm doing, not just parkour, but whatever I'm doing is a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more just, I realize that part of what I love is just being able to move. And I really do love to push myself, but I I have to be aware of this tendency I have, and maybe you guys have it, to push myself so far that I basically do damage that, you know, I eventually have to pay for. Anyhow, there's a little bit of a little rant on that for you. And uh, part of what I was doing to wrench on my body these last few days and last week is I took a, and if you notice, I'm probably going to throw it in the title, Ido um, Portal held a workshop here in Boulder. Boulder, blah, 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 And uh, if you guys don't know who Ido Portal is, you should check him out. He's... Sort of like a movement guru is what like people kind of like would want to call them, I think. And he has a practice he started uh, years and years ago and he became, you know, recently famous for working with. Uh, basically, I finally got to play touch butt, as Nate Diaz would put it. If you guys watched the Nate Diaz-Connor thing, basically Ido Portal worked with Conor McGregor in his lead-up to uh, one of the Nate Diaz fights, if, I think the first and maybe not the second one, or maybe a fight before that. I think a few fights, like the Chad Mendes one maybe even. He was working with Ido Portal, Conor McGregor, leading up to some of his fights, and that gave Ido even more exposure, like a huge, especially in the fighting community, a big exposure. And a lot of people were talking shit because you know, what Ido Portal does is he takes a huge, a very broad scope, hugely broad uh, perspective on movement. And it's a very generalist approach. It's not, you know, his whole point is to not specialize in any one thing. If you, if you do parkour, if you're practicing parkour practitioner like I am, I'm a specialist, he would say, in parkour movement. And even more so, I might be a specialist in like strict parkour or like speed and less so in the acrobatics personally. And there's lots of you know ways you can specialize. Be any any type of movement that isn't that is geared towards a goal that isn't just for the sake of movement. Basically, is what he describes as specializing. Um, or and so he does all these weird things like because they're so general because it's just basically working on coordination and kind of mapping your your body and mapping all the different movements that you can use in your body and and trying to get coordination and get strength and mobility. Uh, just baseline. A lot of what you do in those in those Ido Portal style classes and workshops, it, it looks it looks odd, uh, and it looks first of all it looks odd because it's new, just like parkour did when it was new. But also it looks odd because you're not. It's constantly just changing up weird little things, and you're spinning your arms around, and you're poking each other with sticks, and you're doing like. Sparring, but you're not actually fighting at all. You're just kind of like working on touching each other. It kind of looks goofy. You know, you can, you can, Nate Diaz called it playing touch butt in the park because again, it's not for, it's not for, it's not for application necessarily. It's for a broad application in any discipline, but it's not for fighting. It's not, you know, it's for fighting as much as it is for ping pong, as much as it is for parkour, as much as it is for, um basketball or you know just becoming coordinated his idea is that you could whatever you're going to try you want to be as most prepared whatever for blank for x so working with ito was pretty fun uh it was nice i got to meet him i got to hang out a little bit afterwards we all had dinner and and uh you know it's an inspiring i, I think some people would would not be interested in this kind of movement stuff unless they were at a stage where like me they were starting to discover that they they had holes like i think it's always good to take a new look a new approach to your movement to your fitness and regardless of whether or not you think Ido portal has the the best answers or not if you feel like he's you know i I, some people knock on the whole movement thing because they they see it as much of they see it as like a a culture that's a little too cult-like, where they they think that like, oh, well, like this one guy should like. Why does he have all the answers? Why does everyone think that he you know knows so much? And and and, and people really do kind of follow him with a um an, a certain amount of oh, what can I say? Just it's 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 collective. Like the the place I, I train with that brought him in is the Boulder Movement Collective, and. There is sort of like this, they do they do very much encourage like a amount of discipline, respect, and it's about a practice that they've kind of invented that is, you know, there's rules. You know, they don't, it's not as like free form as parkour. They want you to be um, practicing in a certain way, but also as much as that there is like certain things that about it that, you know, I, I could see how people get turned off from, the man himself is not, is not a preacher of, of like, Oh, I know everything. I have all the answers. Like he's he's very humble and he, he's there to deliver like his best wisdom and ideas. And as far as I can see it, you know, if you're, if you're able to absorb and witness and be inspired by what he is offering, there's a lot there. There's a lot he's bringing to the table. There's a lot of movement and ways to think about how your body should and ought to move. And he's, he's, he has pulled from all these different disciplines. Like he's, He's trained with parkour. He's trained with gymnasts. He's trained with swimmers. He's trained with ping pong, tennis, stars, all these different types of, of people that, that move their bodies, and he has distilled down and tried to draw some through lines between all of them and be like, what coordination patterns are important? What blah, blah, blah. Like what strength, what should you be able to do? What should your body be able to do just baseline to make you potentially good at anything? I think there's a lot there. I think it actually has taught me a little bit uh, about my spine, like maybe not, more than a little bit about like how my spine feels and just some of the drills and stuff. You know, I don't know where all of it comes from. I know that it's it's borrowed from many different things, but he'll be the first to tell you that it is borrowed. He, he'll he be the first to admit that this is, this is all just recycled information and, and it's just about getting a new look and getting new angles and trying things out. And so... I don't know. Um, I don't think that, you know, if if you are in the in the camp of of uh look which, which I have heard of some people being in the camp of just being a little too skeptical of him, I would open your minds a little bit and just check it out because there is there's especially for parkour, you know, there's yoga, there's there's this is like another style of of movement that has offered me new insights into my body, new insights into my training. And um I don't necessarily want to, spe- I mean, you know, I feel like if you only follow an Edo style movement thing, then in a way you're, you're. it's an oxy, it's almost a, uh, uh, is it oxymoron now? It's like hypocritical in a way because even though he has this generalist approach, I think it does apply to everything. But if you only do that, if you only do Edo, and I think he would agree, then then you are specializing in the generalism, which is counter. You know, productive to the whole point of the practice. I feel like you have to also go outside of that. Try, you know, maybe you have other interests in fighting or in parkour or in swimming or whatever the fuck you want to do. Um, and that's the only thing I think that you can say about some of the people that do follow him is that they want to just basically follow him like he's a guru, like he's the most intelligent uh, movement practitioner and has like all the answers. And he has a lot to offer, but I think. The message is also you have to explore other things as well. Like if you're if you only do what's in the in the in the movement, what Edo Portal practice, then you're also missing the point because it is there to help you for other things, other areas of interest as well as uh, maintain the body. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things there, and it's very uh, informative on, you know, it's it's like. It's odd too, because it's not challenging the way that parkour is challenging. Mentally, there's really nothing that hard uh in terms of fear. There is like hard puzzles to solve though. there's like hard things he'll'll have you swinging your arms in different directions. and what you're doing is you're mapping new new patterns of movement into your brain. so um you become more versatile, you become more you know, and I think that this is a weird theory or this is it's not weird necessarily, but it's a it's hard to describe without sounding like you're, uh, I don't know, just dumb. I guess because I, I think I'm gonna sound dumb a little bit right now. But basically, if, when you're moving, when you're moving in new ways and you're, you're pulling, you're, you're expanding your your nervous system's capabilities. You're actually, I think, opening up new. You know, this is important to expose yourself to new things. You open up new consciousness. You open up new areas for or ways to think you know when you open up a new movement pattern you also open up a new thinking pattern you know I think it's one and the same so I think you know that's what I really like about training with with Edo and with any of these guys and any practice and I really like what Edo brings to the table because it is a different approach it's a very restorative thing it's helped me kind of understand and and be able to get my body in a better place than it was Um, just like yoga has just like you know, parkour has even, and just like, you know, parkour actually probably has taken me the furthest because I was so passionate about parkour that to try to optimize for it, I had to learn so much about where I was going. And that actually led me into yoga and it led me into, into Edo, you know, portal style movement. Um, and I wouldn't have had any of that interest without parkour. So, you know, and then skateboarding even has taught me everything teaches you something else. So I think it's important to keep trying and doing new shit and, uh, Fuck, what am I saying now? We're going off, we're going off. And that's why I'm going to go hiking and go Team Sheaf on all you motherfuckers. I'm going to go Tim Sheaf and I'm going to run down the mountains. And everyone's going to be making fun of me for, uh, <laughs> for running instead of uh, jumping. But uh, I just like to explore new things. Like part of what you get into when you start training parkour, and I think like why parkour brings so much to the table is because it offers so much area of explored, unexplored territory in your mind that you can learn all these new things and gain all these new ways of thinking, gain all these new skills that, you know, apply to your mind, apply to your body. Um, but what happens is you start specializing more and more and you go, oh, you know what I'm good at? I like, I'm like, i like good at footwork and running jumps and big dive Kongs. You know, that was like things I was interested in or swings, laches. And, you know, you get this positive feedback loop where you get really more and more fun out of smaller and smaller, like more specialized techniques. And what can happen and what happened with me is I started to do damage to my body because I was, I was basically just trying to push one areas of one area or a few areas of my movement so far that my body became less capable of even basic things, you know? And so it's just like to be, to be a contortionist, for example, you're not going to be able to deadlift, probably, or power lift certain amounts of things. If you specialize in any one direction so far, you will lose areas of or other areas of movement. And the more you push in one direction, the more areas you'll you'll be shittier at, basically. Think about a uh what can I think of here? What's the most specialized thing? I mean, <laughs> arm wrestling you know if you're an arm wrestler and that's what you do like you have you have one strong arm even you won't even have two strong arms you have one fucking strong arm and you won't be able to do pretty much anything else if you're an elite arm wrestler because all your devote all your energy is devoted into your one arm that's not the kind of like thing i want to do and parkour has already kind of bring brought me into this full body capability approach and I'm, i'm just trying to expand that further So anyhow, check that out. If you guys have questions for me, if you want to learn more about how that uh, workshop went, hit me up. Hit me up. But uh, I think you'll see, you know, as I start changing, I'm starting to redefine the way I want to move. And I'm excited to get some new tools from, from all different disciplines. All right. Moving the fuck along. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes I feel like I am just... Just blabbing. I hope you guys dig it. Anyhow, we got 21 or excuse me, 2010 vision, by the way. I just got my checkup on my eyeballs. This is a little B, Randone, Dougie Fresh check in. I got 2010 vision. I can see really well. So, shout out to Bayer Lasik Boulder Eyes for laser blasting my eyes and giving me the best vision I've ever had in my life. Um, It's pretty wild to think about, but. I used to have, I used to, you know, when you, when you go to the doctor's office, I couldn't see the big E. The first one was blurry. I couldn't see the E without my contacts in. And now what 2010 vision means is that at 10 feet or excuse me, at 20 feet, I can see it as clearly as if, as if I was standing 10 feet away, which is nuts, which is slightly like a superpower, which is making me slightly gangster. So yeah. Get that laser eye vision. Get that PRK if you can, if you can afford it. My next upgrade, I had a crazy dream where basically I was I was pushing like metal out of my hands and feet. It was like a nightmare. I was squeezing mercury, basically, like a, like a silverish metallic, like metal Mario juice coming out of my pores. And I was just ah, squeezing it out of my hands and palms. And uh, I took that as a sign. You know, I've done some research on it already, so I know it's 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 a lot of people think it's really bad for you to have these metal fillings in your mouth, and especially because the the a lot of, as people discover more and more about your mouth and dental health, they are you know what I'm hearing is you your mouth is basically like the canary in the coal mine of your body. Like, if your mouth is healthy, your body's healthy. If your mouth is shit, your body's shit. If your breath smells like shit, your body smells like shit if you got shit breath, you are shit. (laughs) You're shit if you're a shit breath person. So take care of your mouth. And that's a one good place to start. Maybe if, if you're feeling bad, maybe you're not brushing and flossing enough. Um, and, uh, if your friend has shit breath, make sure you tell them because they it's, it's in the best interest of their own health. Not even like You know, it's hard to bring that shit up, especially in America. I feel like in other countries, people just kind of come out with it. A little People are a little more frank up front, forthright with their thoughts and feelings, even if they're going to hurt, but the truth really. Um, And maybe it's because I live in Boulder and it's kind of a bubbly bubble that people are almost overly concerned with being polite sometimes here. But call your friends out for shit breath and... um, and just do it out of love. You know, you love them. You'll put up with the shit breath, right? So they must know that, that you love them anyhow. And, uh, and let me know if I have shit breath one day. I got to take care of better, better care of my oral health. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always up on that. I'm always trying to be flossing. I'm flossing the old fashioned way, the actual floss. But yeah, I want to get my metal fillings removed. I think that nightmare was enough. I think I've heard enough now. I've heard enough and my body is like literally in my unconscious mind. And maybe it's because I was researching it, but my unconscious mind produced a dream where I was squeezing painfully, I might add, metal juice out of my pores, out of my like glands. It made no sense. It's hard to describe, but um, there's got to be a reason for that. I think I'm going to try to get rid of these metal things in my mouth. And uh, it's going to be expensive, so that's going to suck. But it's not going to be as expensive as correcting my vision was. So we all good. We Gucci. We Gucci. Um, Speaking of my health, I don't know why we're doing it. We're doing an episode on my health, and this is just the B-Dougie health breakdown. Hope you guys dig it. Uh, I just got more updates from my 23andMe. If you guys ever did your 23andMe profiling, which is they send you a tube, you spit in it, you get some... You send the tube back, and then they give you some information on your ancestry and a bunch of other stuff. They updated two new genes. And this is the scary part about having this, this 23andMe platform is every so often you'll get an update, and they're like, oh, we discovered a whole new uh, few genome traits. So now you can know if you have if you're predisposed for Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or cancer. And those were actually the three things that they found new traits for. And so uh, you, you go into your report and then it's like, just so you know, this is sensitive information and there's a whole bunch of other things that could contribute to Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and cancer. And it's not even blah, blah, blah. like they try to give you the full thing. But of course, you're going to just eventually just look at it and be like, fuck or whew, huge relief. Thank God for me. Huge relief. I don't have the two cancer genes that they found. I don't have the Alzheimer's, the five Alzheimer's or I think it was five or four Alzheimer's things that I could have. And I don't have the two or three Parkinson's things I could have. So I'm l- at, least, at least genetically, I'm not as at risk for late on Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, or cancer. Suck it. Suck it, diseases out there in the world. I'm going to live a long time. And thank you, mom and dad, for having a diverse genetic foundation for me to build off of. I think uh, what happens is they, f- you know, what's funny is like your teeth and your eyes get fucked up when you have a wide base, they say, or I, again, they, it's fucking hard to remember who tells you things anymore. But I heard this and it stuck along with me, so I'm going to trust it. But what I think I've heard is if you have, like, my parents are from different continents. My dad was born in Paris. My mom was born in Peru. And so I have like a pretty wide ancestry combination, combination coming in. Uh, my dad's got lots of European stuff. My mom's got, like, some European, like some Spanish because that's who invaded Peru. But mostly, you know, even a a, a percentage of just native. And if we could go through my ancestry, we could go through it. I got some As- Ashkenazi Jew in me, 0.2%. What up? Shout out to Ito Portal for that one. Um, And we got... What else we got? I have a 3.3% sub-Saharan West African. So... You know, when I watched Black Panther, I just felt 3.3% more in touch with that movie, which was nice. And, uh, <laughs> but I don't think, I don't, I want to see other numbers too. The, here's the thing is like they're going to keep, it's going to continue to get more and more um, specific. They're more accurate. Like, the first, they didn't know that where I was, at first when I got the test done, they was just like, oh, you're South American. Now they like, oh, you're Peruvian. Like, they can, they've already advanced that much. They get more data back and they're starting to like narrow in and hone in. And we're going to find out more and more from my DNA as things go on. But I wonder if we'll find out more about DNA as well and see, and see like what kind of information is reliable and what isn't. Um, anyhow, no cancer, no, no Alzheimer's, no Parkinson's at least for now. So that's good. Um, let's keep going. Let's keep going. We got guns. We got guns coming. You know, there's a big hot topic in the, the United States and probably all over the world about guns. And, you know, it's a huge thing. And I kind of want to get someone on here that's intelligent about it. Um, if you guys know, of course, my roommate, best buddy Knox, you know, we have been homies ever since he moved out here. And, Um, He comes from a DC and he comes from a family where they have, they've always had guns and he had guns growing up and like he has gotten back into guns like since, since like over the last year and a half. And it's been uh, interesting because I didn't have any kind of gun contact growing up. I didn't, I wasn't into guns. I never really held the gun until I was in college and I was never really exposed to it or felt that they were uh, necessary or a part of a part of my life, you know? And part of that is because I grew up, you know, in an area where it wasn't really necessary. And, like, yeah, there was, it w- you know, it was pretty middle class, like, well-to-do, like, just chilling suburbs of Denver and Boulder areas that I was living in for the last, you know, 20 years. But I'm starting to get into more guns because I think, you know, part of why I... uh I like the idea of them is because I was, I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm skeptical of them. And again, just like with the movement shit, I'm trying to get myself exposed to these different areas, new ways of thinking, new styles of thinking, new areas of interest. And, you know, I've always had this adversity towards guns. I don't, I never really thought that they were necessary and I never really understood why people really want them. Um, and as I've gotten more into the culture and as I've become a little more accustomed to being around them and, and started you know, and, and with Knox, checking out and understanding guns and understanding why people have them and want them. And, uh, you know, I still think that people get a little too crazy about it, but I'm still going to continue exploring into this area because as much as I, because I lean the other way, because I lean away from guns, I want to lean into them because I want to find out what I am not understanding. I think it's always good to keep your mind open. And so I'm buying a gun, uh, a, new, a new gun, and I'm going to start building it out. Basically, I bought, I bought like this and This is an interesting thing that you can do. You can buy, you know, and this is, this is what sketches me out. It, it's not sketches me out, but this is one of the things that's like weird about it. You have, because gun people always want to like bend the rules so that you can have more, you know, it feels like. They always have loopholes and ways to get through. And the NRA is always lobbying to kind of create, you know, more space for themselves. And Part of that is because they want to, you know, for them, the Second Amendment, whatever, is super important. For them, being able to bear arms, being able to protect yourself is really important. And, you know, I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to wrap my brain around still. Like, I, I have a more optimistic view of the world, perhaps too optimistic. That's what I'm interested in is I think as I understand more and more as I grow, I've grown older, you understand a little bit more of the The seedy side, the dark side, the darkness of of what you might experience in the world, and as you travel the world more, I think that's part of the reason why I want to become more interested, more exposed to guns is I think it's a microcosm for just the world. if you understand why you know why you would want a gun, you can understand why America is So ridiculous with their military budget you can understand why you know how inter- international politics work better because they're all they're all theres is, there is this weapon underscoring there's this weapons technology there's this threat there's always this constant the world is is competitive it's savage it can be cruel and it can also be beautiful and nice and we can all cooperate work together and there's love but um I don't want to be ignorant of one side or the other. I want to be exposed to and understand more and more about everything. So I'm getting into more of this type of just you know. And I, again, I'll have someone on here hopefully soon, and maybe maybe it'll be Knox, um, who who can help explain some of these things. But you know, he's a gun enthusiast more than he's necessarily a. Uh, I mean. And I wouldn't say I am either. No one that I know actually is like an expert on gun or gun culture or, or would be able to speak. I just want someone who could, you know, bring some new ideas to the table because I think a lot of you guys probably leaned or maybe you still do. Maybe you lean away from guns. Maybe you, maybe you, you, you shudder at the thought of it or you think that maybe already the fact that I've, I've admitted to buying a gun has turned some of you guys off and be like, what the fuck is Brandon doing with a goddamn gun? Like, why would he ever want one? what a moron what a dipshit like who do you think you are why would you need one you don't need guns and partly it's because i want to do hunting as well partly because i think you know i want to get more in touch with the conservative side you know there's like a lot of i think this is a huge shift in um in just the culture of the the entire in the whole of america you know the radical the the left leaning side of of politics is getting is getting a lot of attention but it's also getting it's getting itself into little areas where it's starting to make people people like me who subscribed to to it perhaps a little too much even I would say who 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 sided on this you know and I'm not I'm not wearing no maga hats I'm not saying that I'm not saying I'm like a a Trump Trump nationalist or whatever the fuck but I'm just saying I growing up and i think a lot of young people are like this lean towards a more optimistic more progressive view of the world and i think that's that's natural but i also think there's a there's a whole reason there's many reasons why people are conservative in their beliefs or in their the way that they behave and act and i want to understand those things at least i don't want to run away from them or think that those people are stupid or just you know I want to understand everything about uh, the duality. You know, you got that duality. We got that song in the beginning. You got that wishful nature. You got to keep wishing. You got that other nature that says I might go Kurt Cobain and blow my brain. And uh, I'm not saying that's right and left or or anything like that. I'm just saying that there's dualities to everything. There's that part of you that thinks the world should be safe and nice and we shouldn't need guns. But there's the other part of you that understands the reality of the situation might be that you might need to protect yourself. And... It's certainly not going to be harmful to at least understand what protecting yourself means and what it could mean, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a gun nut. I don't know. I want to explore more of these thoughts. If you guys have any ideas or thoughts on the matter, please chime in. Get, me, get, me at, get at me in some comments. We're going to take this podcast in all types of directions, was all I'm saying. I want to expose you guys to, to the, some of the more other things that I'm doing. So there it is. Buying a gun, and what I was getting at earlier is I'm building a gun. I'm building a Glock 19 basically, which is like one of the world's most popular pistols, more popular handguns. And what you can do now is you can buy this thing. It's called a polymer 80. This is, this is what's un- this. And this will freak some of you guys out as it freaks me out a little bit, but that's why I'm leaning into it. You goddamn understand. You understand you, you lean into these things. You're going to understand more. If you put yourself in that discomfort, that uncomfortable zone, I think it's much better for you than sticking your head in the sand. So because I'm uncomfortable with it a little bit, that's why I'm interested. So I'm building now a Glock 19 and I'm buying this thing called a Polymer 80, which Polymer 80 is this company, they make a, basically a polymer, which is a plastic, where they make a lower, a lower part of your gun. So it's what's interesting about it is basically I'm buying a gun without actually having to register or do background checks. Because what happens is, you know, you have to have a serial number on, on complete, Hand or you know handguns, pistols, rifles, whatever the fuck. If you can buy the gun, you almost always have to have a serialized number, registered to you, background checks, blah blah blah. But because gun people are so into guns and they like to, you know, again, it's an area of interest that has been thoroughly explored. They 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 know and they can bend the rules and and work around the law in ways that are fascinating in some in some ways. And so what happened is there's this company that has this patent on polymer eighty. So they create a, they create the bottom part of the gun for you, but it's because it's not a gun, because it's just a piece of plastic that you actually have to modify. You have to drill and shave down yourself to, to make it into a a actual ready made, like a, a working, a working firearm. They can sell it to you over the internet online. Boom. And if you're interested and then you can block, you, you can buy Glock 19 parts and build it out or you can buy you know they have a number of other handguns and and even like ARs and you know things that'll really scare some people so um I won't even like go into that because first of all I'm I'm still not very knowledgeable on it I'm just delving I'm dipping my toe into this world a little bit but I'm also um fascinated with with exploring this this new domain but yeah this gun you know and because of the Glock 19 cuz there's lots of these parts of the guns there's the, there's the slide there's the barrel there's the triggers there's the magazines obviously there's the ammunition and all these things like, you know, only the part that the only one part of the gun, like this is an interesting part. Again, like this is how gun law works. Only one part of the gun has to have the serial number on it. Only one part actually is the gun that you, like if you're going to sell that part to somebody and, and it is the serialized part, then that's when you have to get, um, you know, background checks involved and like do, do due, due, due diligence, excuse me, to do it legally to sell those those pieces of the gun. But there's other parts of the gun like the trigger is just a piece of plastic or a piece of metal or your sights, the sights on the end, on the front of the gun like those are just pieces of of plastic or metal or whatever that you know, they're components of the gun but they're not they're not they're not regulated in the same way. And the part but and what's interesting is because the Polymer 80 isn't actually a working firearm because you have to modify or do some things outside of of what you actually get to to make it into a working firearm, you can get it over the internet. So it's an unregistered firearm, which is interesting. And uh, again, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys have some questions for me. Maybe you have some thoughts on this. If you guys want to get in, please get involved. And if you have a or if maybe you want to come out of the woodwork and tell me about your your firearm experience or your your knowledge on it or whatever you guys think on the matter. I think it's an interesting thing to start discussing. And uh and again I I think what's interesting to me about it is not just that, you know, I'm understanding what Types of things you can do, but I want to be able to build out a gun, understand the mechanics of of firearms, and and really understand how they work by building this out. I think I'm going to learn a lot more than if I just bought something off uh, ready made off the street or whatever. And um, again, if you're going to do something, you might as well go balls deep, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna understand a lot more as I start building this handgun out myself, and and filing it down, and, and creating it from scratch, customizing it and and working myself into an area, you know, I want to get my hunting license. Again, I want to explore these these more conservative areas like hunting, getting your own food, getting being a little more independent, less dependent on on uh, the the systems that be, you know, and being a little bit more self-reliant and understanding nature a little bit. I think it helps you understand nature, you know. There's progressive human thought tries to push us into the future, the unknown of like these you know, the technologies that we've created and and things like podcasting, like this shit didn't exist. It's really cool. But it also, if you go back the other way a little bit, you also learn a lot. You learn a lot about human nature when you explore why you might feel like you need to defend yourself. When you explore killing your own animals for food and understanding, you know, life probably a lot more by doing so. You know, I've never hunted an animal, but I eat meat. So I'm understanding, I'm, I hope to, and I know I will understand a lot more if I try to, you know, even just growing your own food, if you guys grow your own plants, if you guys have ever grown carrots or potatoes or corn or some shit, which I've done, it helped me understand like how life works and how food works a lot more. I think, um, hunting would do the same thing and it's more ethical, I think, than, than buying your meat from factory raised or farm raised, you know, sources. So I'm checking that out. This is an update. This is just a B Dougie life update I'm giving you guys. Damn. But I hope you guys are getting more involved. I hope we'll get you know more of you guys interested. And I want to see who's what kinds of responses you guys are or what kinds of topics you guys are more interested in. But let's go into the uh, final few things here. Let's go to the television recommendations. I'm going to give you guys some, some things that I'm watching. One Strange Rock. I'm watching this One Strange Rock right now. It's a National Geographic docu-series, I guess, is what it would be called and it's basically all the all these astronauts that have spent time in in the orbit in space stations or or doing spacewalks or whatever and telling the the story of the earth from from this as far away as we pre- have pretty much gotten perspective so lots of shots of the earth from satellites lots of tales of what people see when they're in space and like how they understand the earth better from from being outside of it or off of off planet you know it's pretty fascinating if you guys are science literate then you'll be a lot of it is kind of rep- repetitive of stuff that you might have learned already in high school or whatever but a lot of it's new a lot of it's super interesting i definitely recommend checking it out and if you're flat earther it'll really blow your mind because or maybe or maybe it's all looking like bullshit to you i, I listened to this Eddie Bravo, who you guys know, is a really well-known jiu-jitsu practitioner and conspiracy conspiracy theorist and flat-earther. And his whole game right now is he thinks that they're trying to convince us uh, of an alien invasion, so we'll have a one-world government, um, which is hilarious because at the end of the last episode, he, they were like – they're actually hinting at, like, ooh, what's the next alien thing? Or, or are there other – oh, we have company in the galaxy. Do we have company in the universe? And so – um Again, I like to pay attention to it all because I think it's hilarious. I'm uh, I'm not a flat earther, and uh, I do believe in science because I don't understand how you can't. Um, obviously, a lot of our lives work around these things, but uh, I also think it's fascinating that you know you ha- you have evidence at least of government corruption and false flag events, and there is real criminal activity. So it's fun to to explore those ideas as well, but. I don't go as balls deep as Eddie Bravo does. So I, d- I recommend checking out One Strange Rock, and I'm watching Westworld. I don't know if you guys watch Westworld, but that show is confusing, but fun to watch, a lot of AI. Um, if you're a nerd like me and you like are interested in AI technology, Westworld is your show. Damn, I have so many things here. If you guys watched the fights over the weekend, the fights were sick. It was a great weekend for for fighting, and we had Lomachenko. Um, I'm starting getting more into boxing, so I hope you guys are too. If you saw my Instagram, I posted like the highlights of the weekend. Lomachenko knocks uh, Linares down or out basically with a liver shot, just a hard body shot in the tenth round, and it was definitely Lomachenko's um, toughest test. I think his his first professional knockdown in in the boxing ring, but he also set an incredible record. The first or he was he's he's achieved three division weight or three divisions champions, fucking Jesus Christ! He's he's got three belts in different divisions now, within twelve pro fights, which is basically unheard of. I think uh, Oscar De La Hoya did it in like twenty three fights or something like that, and like Floyd in forty in thirty seven fights, and Manny Pacquiao in forty something fights. Um, but it's just phenomenal to watch Lomachenko um, do his thing. And he's just got incredible footwork. And what is so amazing to see is you still see, even in, in a discipline as old and is, with a, with such a long history as boxing, that someone can come out, someone with new footwork, with just a new approach to the game, and completely change the way that the game works and and has this new formula that he's just dancing around guys and fucking them up. And uh just doing damage, and he fought like a bigger um, taller boxer that could take and absorb a lot of the shots. you know that's why it took a, it, it took to the tenth round but but it, it was you know, and after his knockdown, he really got more focused, it seemed like, and he just got him out of there but um it just gives me excitement for for parkour, especially, just knowing that people are still going you know Pasha has been taken. He's been really creative. I think shout out to Pasha for just exploring again, like new areas. Like every, everyone gets caught up sometimes in the specialist areas, but I like to see people are getting into that innovation again. And Pasha is putting out a lot of posts recently of doing shit off of the edge of like this cliff into a sand pit. And I applaud that. I just applaud that triple backflip into a sand pit and like these crazy, uh, exaggerated flips, uh, Round off back stall back again. Incredible stuff from Pasha. Always be always a pleasure to watch him. He's been in he's one of those people that innovates and always innovates, has innovated for for the last eight years, like unquestionably. Um and then the UFC fights were good. Again, not the most stacked card per se. Um, I won't really go into it. If you guys want to listen to someone really smart talk about it, I listened to uh Below the Belt with Brennan Schaub. It's a, it's the fight podcast that's going to get you the best information, generally. Um, and if you want to get more into that stuff, by all means, it's one of my favorite podcasts. Though, and what I learned from it recently is that Deontay Wilder Anthony Joshua fight is apparently in the works and set. You know, they're working towards a November 11th day date in Las Vegas. Apparently, not in uh in in the UK like you might expect, where Anthony Joshua has fought all of his fights before. But that's going to be. So goddamn hype. I can't wait for that fight. Um, another liver shot was landed by Aaron Pico, who's like this phenom in Bellator, who also fought over the weekend. First round, just just destroyed this guy with one fat liver shot. I think he, he got him with an uppercut as well, but just the liver shot is what ended it. The liver shot just took him down, and he beat him over. Just gorilla pounded him until the, the ref stopped it. Um, all right. We are we are going balls over the walls on this episode and I got one last thing I want to talk about because I thought it was kind of funny and kind of I have I have a uh, I have an opinion on it at least so I'm going to share it with you guys. What is this flip check bullshit? I got flip checked um recently and I do not Big grudge. Anybody who wants to do the flip check thing, really? If you're if you're into that, what happened is actually one of our listeners who much loved to to Cody Trung. He 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 tried to get me on that flip game, that flip check life. But here's my policy. If it, if it was one thing when it was like the ice bucket challenge and it was for apparently at least a good cause, although it spreads awareness, but. Really, like, what, what does it do? I don't know. I guess it spreads awareness. If you have a following to to do like a, a fundraising for Alzheimer's or whatever. Or actually, I'm not sure what the I'm not sure what the ice bucket challenge was even for. Which goes to show that it, it becomes about the challenge more than about than about the charity, anyways. But if you guys want to participate in it, yeah, do your thing. But here's what's gonna happen if you send me a flip check, I'm gonna say no. Because I don't fucking flip for anybody, and I don't like it when people shout backflipping. We like—I don't know if you guys are, are the other way, but I don't like it when people are yelling backflip at me on the streets. I don't like people like telling me to do fucking flips and try do a kickflip and shit when I'm on my skateboard. That kind of shit is what I want less of in the world. So I don't know why we're trying to increase it. We we get it from all ends anyways. We're getting it from people that watch the office, like do a fucking backflip when we're, when we're just trying to train and do our thing. And now we're doing it to ourselves where I'm just trying to mind my own business. And someone sends me a flip check and they're like, do a goddamn backflip right now. No, thank you. You can take your backflip. You can take your flip check. I asked Cody, I was like, what happens if I don't do it? He's like, uh, nothing, you know, obviously you just do you. I've kind of felt like a dick. So I'm sorry, Cody, but that's what happens, man. You ain't going to get me to do a flip unless I want to. And if I want to, and maybe I'll do a flip and I'll think of Cody next time I do it. Cause at least he, he had the guts to call me out and I appreciate that at least trying to, to do what he, he thinks is going to maybe spread the flip challenge. But what the fuck are we doing? Flip checking each other, you know, I hate that shit. I don't like being told to backflip personally. I don't like it. You know, I'll do a backflip when I want to do a backflip and, uh, If we really know each other well, you can, you can call me on odds. I like playing odds. At least I have a a say in it. Give me a, give me an option. Give me the odds on it. But if you're just going to call me out and all of a sudden I got to do a backflip, I don't play that game. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Heath Ledger. Duh. That's a wisdom right there. And, uh, Maybe it's cuz I'm old. Maybe it's cuz I'm 45,000 years old and I I don't want to do flips at will anymore, but you won't catch me doing flip checks and I won't be flip checking you guys because, you know, I feel like your your training is your own. And uh I don't know. I don't know. Just don't fucking flip check me unless uh unless there's something unless there's odds in there. Unless give me some odds and maybe I'll give you the odds. But if you're just going to tell me to do a backflip then you're just as, you're just as lost as the guy on the street just asking me to do a backflip, you know, for no reason. I don't do this shit for you. I am not your monkey. I do not dance for you. I do not smash cymbals together and uh, wear a tiny little hat. Sorry, but stick up for yourselves guys. If you don't, if you don't want to do the flip check, I want to know if you're on the anti-flip check status train or if I'm alone, maybe I'm just a fucking grumpy curmudgeon and I just don't like to do flips and you guys can call me Oscar the Grouch, but take your flip check and shove it up your ass. Um, and not really though. I love you, Cody. I, I appreciate you listening. I, I'm not, I'm just teasing, but uh, I won't be doing flips. I won't be doing flips just because of a hashtag. Sigh. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm just not... I'm not in that mindset where I think it's just fun to do a flip. I want to I have a reason to do it. Um, all right. That's plenty for this episode. Jesus, that is plenty. That is probably too much. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this episode was sponsored by Binance, and it was sponsored by what else? It was sponsored by uh, Acorns app. It was sponsored by the Robinhood app. It was sponsored by Onnit. All these things you can find in the description. If you follow the links that we put in the description, then you can not only take advantage of whatever offerings these guys might have, um, invest in your own future or invest in your health in supplements or with supplements from on it, but you'll be helping out the podcast by doing so. And, uh, we really appreciate you guys. We had a lot of good uh, feedback and, and some love for last week's episode. So much love to the try hard guys for helping us grow the podcast with their, their own audience and um thank you guys for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this one it was just kind of a, a housekeeping episode we haven't had many calls on the height drop hotline so if you want to h- call the hotline and get involved i'm going to do more and more posting the over the coming weeks uh we haven't missed a week yet we're not going to we're getting consistent in this bitch and and i want to start a patreon i think soon here we're going to start that so there'll be another way to you know, to support the podcast, and and we appreciate you guys that have reached out and offered um, support for the podcast in that domain. But uh, if you if you don't want to do any of those things, if you're not interested in the in investment apps, or you're not interested in in supplements, or you know, first of all, maybe you're interested in something else. Let me know. Maybe I can I, I can work something out. Maybe I can find something for you. Again, call the height drop hotline. I just want to hear from you guys. I love that you guys are listening, and I appreciate um, everyone that's a part of this this little adventure we're on here but um if you don't want to do any of that shit well all you have to do is just you just by listening you're already supporting the podcast so i appreciate you that's that's more than enough just by listening i i think that's that's all i could ever ask for and uh i much much love to everyone out there listening um if you want to help just even a little bit further that's a little bit freer if you think there's anyone you know that you want to spread the word to that helps a lot as well just share things or just tell your friends like you're like oh you know what there was this really good episode on blah you know you, you find a friend who wants to buy a gun maybe you ask him you tell him about polymer 80 and you tell him about or you can tell him to send a message to Hide drop and we'll we'll get back to him whatever um, just get involved and have some fun with it that's what I'm doing and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode high drop we did a full hour I only planned to do like 20 minutes and I just blab at the mouth. I can't stop myself. I had too much coffee. I had too much MCT oil in my coffee. Um, Shout out to all those people we mentioned. Much love to you guys. Everything is in the description. Get to the links. We'll see you on next week's episode. Hopefully with a guest next time. I'm going to try to line up someone sick. And uh, peace out to all you beautiful babies out there.